Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by Mr. Wex, breaking the loss. And Wex, how you doing today, brother? Ah, uh, buddy, we are doing real good today. It's a day after the day off, so I'm feeling a little lazy, but I'm excited to get into some wrestling discussion here tonight. Yes, I'm about as red as a lobster. It seems as though uh, Mr. Jesse Baker has not recovered from this holiday weekend, so um, I kid, I kid. I know he's working on and uh, doing that whole bar thing and running the bar and running those shows. Jesse's going to miss this week. Me and Wex are going to lock it down for you today. We have Money in the Bank 2011 versus TNA Destination X 2011. So it's a 10-year comparison on both sides. I'm pretty excited about it. But before we get to it, Wex, did you get any feedback from our uh, trivia show? I felt like we actually had a few people. I actually learned that I I intended to upload the video part of K-Fabe comparisons to the YouTube page, but it's actually just like a video of the audio, which is really weird. So I'm going to fix that. By the time this, by the time you guys hear this, you will have the actual trivia night video up on our YouTube page for free. Wex, do you get any feedback on trivia night? I talked to old uh, Joey Gotch there at the backstage about uh, Cass making his debut. He was he was pretty excited about that hearing Cass yeah. on the yeah. cast again. So people are always looking forward to hearing old KJ Cass make a return. So hopefully Cass more trivia is here in the future. That's so right. So I can that's defend right. defend my title. Uh, yeah, I feel like maybe Jesse was a little intimidated because this week it's just it's the former champion and uh, the current reigning champion. Well, just going uh, at it. <laughs> funny tidbit there. Jesse did tell me afterwards. He said as soon as we started trivia, his like 91 year old grandpa just walked in and sat down behind him. Oh, nice. And sat there for the entire show and then fell asleep right towards the end. So he said it was just like. Uh, I can't like you know tell my 91 year old grandpa to fuck off. So you know? <laughs> <laughs> he said he was kind of he said he felt kind of weird at first and then just kind of got with it. So maybe that's why he kind of froze up the first few questions. It is what it is. Uh, be sure to check it out on our YouTube. Breaths just breathing down your neck. <laughs> yeah, trivia night was great. It had definitely had an American theme. KG Cast was there. Jesse Baker was there. Wex Breaking the Lawson was there. Mister Know It All, Daniel John Shaper. It's great. It's actually our only free piece of content on YouTube. So go check that out. Let's jump into this week's show, though, man. Let's get in our way back machine, go 10 years back to WWE. Um, we're living off of the pipe bomb. It's like the current thing that's happening in wrestling and arguably one of the most important angles of the past 10 years was that in this entire angle that happened here. Um, the opening package was fantastic for sure. Um, I mean, the production quality was great. CM Punk really just kind of turned everything on its head. I mean, just within that one month, because, you know, I think it had been a couple of weeks before that had Del Rio had won a match like on Raw to be the number one contender. But because of the pipe bomb, it just kind of changed everything. Do you remember like the first time this happened, where you were when you heard the pipe bomb? And what do you think about this open? I don't remember exactly where I was when I heard the pipe bomb. I was probably, you know, coming home from the skate park or some shit. I don't know. 2011. No, I was still I was definitely either at MTSU or living on Joe's couch. So somewhere in that, nice. time, somewhere in that time period, but uh, yeah, great open this whole, yeah. Just like you said, this was 2011 had a lot of bullshit. Cause we, we, we've talked about it, but this was like one of the bright points of 2011 that kind of brought sure. it out of that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree for sure. I agree. Let's jump right into the matches though, man. The very opening match to kick it off with a bang. It's the SmackDown money in the bank ladder match. Uh, and honestly, I felt I felt like the match was better than it really should have been. I, I th- pretty 
thoroughly enjoyed it. That Sankara bump was sick through the through the ladder. Crazy. I love kind of getting to see Slater and Wade and Gabriel. It's, it was a nice little dose of nostalgia to see those guys kind of get their spots. Everybody looked good. It didn't really feel too clunky. Solid match. Great high intensity opener. Gave it three and a half beers. What do you think about the SmackDown Money in the Bank match? Coincidentally, three and a half beers coming from me too. I thought it nice. was a fun, nice open. Some really cool spots. They oversold uh, that 450 splash onto Kane like he just like destroyed him, and it was just pretty much a 450 splash from a, <laughs> a different position. And yeah. Sinkara, dude, rest in peace. That fucking bump was yeah egregious, and he he was always getting like Sinkara had the worst luck, like the original Sinkara. But besides that, dude, Daniel Bryan rules. I like that one little spot where they all jump there together, like they set up all the yeah. ladders, and they were you know it was a cool yeah. just looking thing. But yeah, sick cool match, visual. three and a half. Yep, yep, same boat. And then the next match really kind of bumps us down and like takes the wind out of the sails. It's a let me up match, but it's only match number two <laughs> here. Maybe not the best booking. It's Brie Bella versus Kelly Kelly for the Divas Championship. And it was what it was. I had very, very low expectations of the match and the match lived up to those expectations. <laughs> uh, I gave it a beer because it honestly, it was quick and it wasn't the worst thing I'd seen in my life. So I gave it a beer. It wasn't the worst. I'm glad it was, it was there and over. What do you think about this uh, Divas Championship match? Yeah, at this time in 2011, these were what we called the bathroom break match. That's where you're like, all right, I got to go piss. So and usually when yeah. you piss, you at least piss out half a beer. So I gave half a beer for this match. That's fair. And uh, I realize it's KK versus BB. Mm. Vince mm. McMahon loves those alliterations. He's just, he just really does. He re- it's, if he, Everything throughout the history is like that. But I really like that botched head scissors, too. And just uh, Kelly Kelly just yelling a lot throughout the whole. She's just yelling like. I forgot, come on or something, but she's just yelling yeah. the whole time. And oh, the whole time. She's doing that. Shut up. The whole, like, cheesy State Fairgrounds baby face routine the entire time. Half yeah, the a, fucking beer. Yeah, it's not It's not great. Um, after this, though, we got a big show and Mark Henry package. Uh, now, the package looked great. It looked like they were leading up to a cool angle. Um, and I, it is pretty ironic that both of these dudes are in AEW now. Uh, but it's Mark Henry versus Big Show. And, again, I went in with low expectations. Both guys are pretty solid here in 2011, for sure. But a big man versus big man matches usually means a lower work rate, and this was no exception. It wasn't a great work bell-to-bell match, uh, but it did really establish Henry as a monster, so I didn't hate it. I gave it a like a beer and three quarters. Almost two beers. It wasn't the worst, um, but it wasn't great either. That's where I'm at with it. Well, I enjoyed it just a little bit more because I thought it was a very different type of Mark Henry match. Like... And the sure. way he beat the Big Show, just like you said, they were establishing him. They were establishing him as that monster, and he really like he whooped the Big Show like harder than you really seen any. But like the way he whooped his ass, you never seen the Big Show really get his ass whooped like that. And Henry was just doing a lot of stuff you don't see him do, going yeah. off the top and second rope, and just yeah. doing just a lot of moves he doesn't normally do. And the fact that he picked him up twice, I really yeah. I thought it was pretty solid. It just wasn't amazing, like you said, but still three beers, pretty solid. Wow, they three beers. Wait, they exceeded my expectations. I was like, Mark Henry versus Big Show. Fuck, this is gonna be horrible. But I was like, ah, you know, it's not too bad. I mean, I could have given it two, but three beers is that's a stretch. I, I, mean, I don't know. It wasn't like it was like all right, these guys. I'm saying they exceeded my expectations, so I was like, all right. Fair enough. Let's keep it moving. It's Raw's Money in the Bank match, and this one was significantly more of a cluster than the first. Uh, it had some good moments for sure, but overall way more clunky than the opener. 
Um, by the way, Alex Riley is an absolute nutcase these days. I don't know if you know that, but he is an absolute crazy person. So is he if like Drake know, Younger crazy? Dude, beyond, literally beyond Drake Younger crazy. Go out of your way to find Alex Riley and follow him on Twitter just for the LOLs, bro. It's it's ridiculous how crazy that dude has gotten. Anyway, uh, the Kofi and Swagger bump was super gnarly when they both just like ate shit off the ladder. Dude. That was disgusting. I yeah, Swagger looked like he got hurt. Hurt. Yeah, he really did. He really. Luckily, both guys were, were fine, but it looked it was it was a very ugly bump for sure. Um, and then you know, of course, Del Rio winning gives me a big meh. Uh, even still, though, I give it two and a half beers. Um, they, the guys <laughs> did their best, but it was just too much. It was too fast. There was no pacing. It was what it was. What do you think about this raw money in the bank? I gave it literally the exact same rating. Two and a half beers. Not as good as the first one. And that little, like, ladder, that botch at the end with Rey Mysterio was just fucking hilarious to me. It was such a slow, like, uh, like, I don't know. It was really yeah. funny. And then he just set it back up. And like I was just like, ah, oh, that's kind of fucking whack. Fuck Del Rio. And people were kind of booing Rey Mysterio a little bit, which I thought was weird. But, yeah, two and a half beers was not as good as the first ladder match. Definitely not. Uh, but here's another little shining star of 2011, in my opinion. And it's the whole one more match. Christian and Orton uh, vibe that kind of had going on. The package there was really well done. The Del Rio promo was shitty as always, but then the match here is Christian versus Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. Stipulations being if Randy loses DQ, count out, or poor officiating, uh, Christian instantly becomes the champion. I thought it was a damn good match. I thought it was great pacing, great psychology, um, a fantastic work rate, some really good false finishes. The crowd was super hot for it, too. Um, this might actually be my favorite match between these two guys. Like, I think this is their best one of this series of matches that they had. And in the finish, I mean, with Christian, like, I mean, huge spit, like, in Randy's mouth. Like, the heat was yeah. massive. And it was a great step to get the finish, too, and have Randy just lose his mind and, like, beat the hell out of him afterwards. It was I thought it was really well done. Four and a half beers from me. What do you think about Christian and Randy Orton here in this cool stipulation title match? Yeah, I thought it was definitely a cool story, and it's like the you don't really see that matchup type very often. Like every right. occasionally you do, but never never for a world championship. Right. That's kind of what made it like over the top and extra. And like you said, that spit it was very the visual of that whole thing, and the fact that Randy Orton didn't just you know low blow him and that was it. He just beat the fuck out of him, which kind of it just made it a little more little. Uh, made a little bit more like intense and gave it more emotion for the match. You're like, all right, he's really going to, he's really laying into him. And I, yeah, yeah, like you said, and I think it's one of the better Randy Orton matches, honestly. Stipulation got your tongue tied, bro. <laughs> yeah, it did have, it did have my tongue tied a little bit there, but <laughs> Randy Orton. I mean, this was like probably some like 2011 is when he was his work. His work rate was like starting to get really good. Yeah. Compared, you know, compared to the old younger uh, yeah, evolution sure. days, which is, you know, it was all right, but this is when he was really starting to work. And I, like I said, probably one of his better matches in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think this, this, this match specifically is kind of like a gemstone and both guys career, um, especially this feud for sure. Uh, but let's keep it moving here, man. And we're, we're here to the main event. It's only a six, six match card, which is nice. 2011 WWE. I appreciate that. You should learn some, um, from that. Cause wow, way too many matches on current pay-per-views. Um, but yeah, here we go. It's uh, CM Punk versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. Coming off the pipe bomb, we do know that CM Punk is leaving the company. His contract is up the day after Money in the Bank. Um, 
And it's a classic match, man. I mean, the match is really, really good between both guys. One of Punk's best matches for sure. And I know that might piss some people off, but it really is one of CM Punk's best matches, in my opinion. I genuinely believe, too, that this program is kind of that was like the mental turn that Cena needed where he started really you know, really changing his in-ring style. He wasn't just the five moves of doom. It was only a couple years after this where we, you know, got the open challenge. And like, I really feel like both guys delivered on a main event level. And we don't get that enough in, in any of wrestling. I mean, I'll say even with AEW with anything, this was a two massive stars in a main event pay-per-view and they delivered. That is sadly kind of rare these days like it really doesn't happen very often um and this is a six six beer match for me absolutely top-notch match probably match of the year for 2011 i didn't quite go six beers but i mean i went pretty close i went 4.75 beers almost five but dude like when you talk about electricity in a wrestling match like think about back to like you know hogan hogan rock yeah, this is like like the crowd was so goddamn hype, and that's what made this extra hype. And dude, the dude the facials from John, like ah, just that it's just everything in this match, like hitting the double. His selling was insanely kicking out and like kicking out of the AA. Then like the whole fact, like the even Vince still tried to like come out there and screw him, and he kicks Del Rio in the head. Just like everything worked perfect with this match, and just like you said, that whole thing you're talking about John Cena's in ring work. I literally said, like was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, this is just like pre John Cena really starting to like work. And this was like, yeah, just like you said, one of that, fir- that match, that first match where you're like, wow, Cena yeah. can really go. Yeah. It was, it was one of those, this was probably the first match where I had like respect for Cena afterwards. Like, okay, like yeah. he lost. And I wasn't like, you know, I was like, all right, he held his own. It was actually a pretty solid match. It wasn't just, you know, like you said, five moves of doom Cena and, I literally agree everything of what you said. Like I didn't write down that exactly. It's a little different, but it's crazy that we have, we're thinking the exact same thing watching yeah. this because it's, I guess it's just obvious if you're a wrestling fan and you can just see that transition. But dude, yeah, great. This one of the best, one of the greatest WWE ma- championship matches of all time. Best I would agree. Best I would agree for matches. sure. And like you said, the story, Especially this whole thing. Especially at a Money in the Bank. Yeah. And Money in the, I mean, yeah. That's random that it's at a Money in the Bank pay per view. It's probably the best Money in the Bank pay per view match ever. Period. Probably, I would, I would agree. I would agree with that for sure. I would say that that's probably true. Yeah, I can't think of any random match at Money in the Bank that was just like, yeah, this this level like story wise, like with this the stakes around it and everything. Because John yeah. Cena was supposed to get fired, right? Wasn't that a stipulation? Also, he did get fired. Yeah, he got fired after he lost the match. Yeah, exactly. So there was so much. He gets fired. CM Punk's leaving, taking the title. Del Rio's got the money in the bank. There's just like so much surrounding it. The kiss, man. Blowing exactly. the kiss to McMahon and walking out through the crowd in and Chicago. I've never, ever even been a huge CM Punk fan. But this Same. Happens. Same. This is easily the best angle that, like, okay, to me, CM Punk is like an upper mid-card guy. Like, really is. Great promo. But this one angle, he was like, he got the mic right at the right time. And pushed himself over the edge with an amazing promo. And because he quit early, there's still so many fans. Because honestly, like he had what two, maybe three years of main event work. He was out of the company by 2013. Like so, exactly. it's like, like what did he have? A two year run? Like okay, like 
I mean, that's why when people are like, oh, CM Punk's one of the greatest ever. I'm like, no. Like, I, like, I mean, is he great? Sure. Did he did he find a way to become the guy in WWE? Yes. There's okay. only a handful of people that can say that for sure. But I'll make one comparison. One of the other greatest of all time only had like a three-year main event run. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And WWE, he only had about a three-year main event run where he that's- was like, well, it was more like seven years, but yeah. Not seven. Think about it. It was he like did, 97 to 04. No, 04. 98 is, I'm talking about from 90, it was like 98 to 01 was his true like main event run. And then after that, because before that was him leading into it, becoming the main event, but 98 to 01 was when Austin was. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that, I mean. But there's the potential well, we, oh, for CM Punk to come back. Austin up. can't come back. Yeah, he's true. got the he's got the fucked up neck for, uh, courtesy of Owen Hart. We'll but, talk about that when we get to news and notes uh, and the current wrestling that's going on. It's a little teaser for you guys to stick around some CM Punk juiciness later. But yeah, let's keep it rolling here. Um, I will say match of the night. I think we both agree is definitely CM Punk versus John Cena. My honorable mention. If you're if you're going to watch one match, watch that one. If you're going to watch more than one. Go ahead and check out Christian versus Randy Orton, too. Be sure to watch the promo package before. Even if you weren't keeping up with the week to week, if you just watch that promo package, it'll get you like it'll get you to the state where you'll understand it and it'll be easier to suspend your disbelief. Those two matches are pretty great. Uh, let's let's jump on over here to the TNA show. Destination X 2011. I thought the opening package was kind of cool. Tanae and JB on the call. I haven't you know seen a whole lot of JB on commentary. So that was interesting to me. Had you have you heard a lot of Jeremy Borbash like being on commentary? Borbash, Borash. Not really because I didn't. You know, I would catch TNA shows during this era every right. once in a while, and that's just. It might have been just for this show because you know they brought back the six sided ring for this show because yes. they took it away because old Hogan and Bischoff didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, they felt like it looked too weird, wasn't appealing, which I strongly disagree with. I wish yeah. somebody would still use it. I think it makes. It's just cooler. Triple A still uses it. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, I don't, you know, you know what I mean. Let's get into the card here, though. Match number one is going to be Kazarian versus Samoa Joe. Uh, it's a high intensity start. Joe just kind of casually walking away from the dive like that Kazarian tried to throw on the outside. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, I mean, Kazarian took a hell of an ass whooping, man. It was a good opener, maybe a bit too long, but a good match. I was right in the middle on it. Gave it three beers. What do you think about Kazarian versus Samoa Joe here? Pretty much agree with you, and it really the finish was very weak. Probably one of the weakest finishes ever. That that roll up, and it could I probably could have gave it three and a half beers. If the finish wasn't so weak, but yeah, I agree with everything else you said. Three beers, three beers overall. Let's keep it rolling here. We're just gonna burn through these some bitches. The next one is Douglas Williams versus Mark Haskins. Um, weird promo by Doug here to kind of get things going. Uh, felt like it was a filler match. I mean, it was lots of quick, like, near falls, but it, and it definitely had that, like, British style, but the match was, I don't know, it was good for what it was, but it didn't deserve to be on a pay-per-view, especially a, you know, X-Division-centric pay-per-view. I gave it two beers. What do you think about Doug Williams versus Mark Haskins here? I literally gave it the exact same rating, two beers. Mark Haskins was probably not ready for this position at this point in his career. I don't know if he's ready for that position right now in his career, honestly. And yeah, Doug, you could have Doug Williams versus probably anybody else on that roster, and you probably got a way better matchup. I don't know why. I guess they were just trying to, you know, show the new blood, the new British guys. But yeah, two beers. Yeah. So between uh, between the next couple matches here, we got a actually a pretty decent Austin Aries promo. 
I mean, the guy, whether he's a dick or not, you got to give the devil his due. He was a pretty good promo at this point in his career. Austin Aries was definitely a sought after talent in 2011. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the match, the next match here, speaking of sought after talent, it's Generation Me, which is the Young Bucks versus Eric Young and Shark Boy. Um, I don't know, man. It's mostly a haha match. There's some good spots, but there's definitely some clunk in there, too. Um, definitely longer than it needed to be as well. All in all, it was kind of like a feel good finish for the baby faces, but with the talent in the ring, I expected a little bit more and it, it just kind of left me flat. I gave it two and a half beers. what do you think about generation me versus Eric Young and shark boy? I gave it the exact same rating yet again. I think this is a record. I think we're not going to have beers. <laughs> and, dude. That's a fucking record right there. And, yeah, same thing. I was like, ah, oh, it's, you know, Generation Me, the Young Bucks. They're going to probably do at least a, a few cool high spots in this match. And they had a few cool double teams. That's really about it. And, yeah, they, they got called that Shark Boy Stunner. It is what it is. And they, were, and they were using the mid that mid-card title just as, like, a joke at this point with Eric Young. So it was just yeah. kind of like the match didn't really mean anything. I agree. I agree. It's just, I mean, Eric Young at this point is essentially like TNA's Eugene, and they're like kind of getting him over that way. He's the ha ha guy. Shark Boy is obviously doing like the Stone Cold ripoff. And I feel like Generation Me and their minds was like a throwback to an 80s tag team. Little did they know the Young Bucks would become, you know, one of the most innovative tag teams in pro wrestling history. Uh, but yeah, on this night, Generation Me. Couldn't cut the mustard two and a half beers from both of us. And then we get a Zima Ion promo in the back, which is absolute garbage. Uh, and we got a promo for the Ultimate X match. Seemed like it was going to be awesome. And so here we go. It's Shannon Moore versus Robbie E versus Amazing Red versus Alex Shelley. And I'm Wex, I'm interested to hear what you think about this Ultimate X, Ultimate X match first. I definitely had higher expectations coming into it because of two of the people who were in the match. But then the other two people, and you can probably already guess who the other two people are by me just saying that, Robbie E. and Shannon Moore, they kind of stunk up the joint and it kind of made, I feel like them stinking it up kind of made everybody else start to stink it up. And yeah, it just wasn't that good of a match. It was just, yeah. I've seen I, way better from everybody. And Robbie E. looked like he was trying his damnedest, but he just, it, he should not have been in the, it just was not for him. This match is not for him. Amazing Red tried to do some cool shit and kind of fucked up too on a few yeah. of them. And they, yeah. Like that whole back jump off moons, it did not work. No, it didn't work at all. I mean, I feel like the, the matches are always kind of cool because like of the idea. It's a unique idea yeah. and it works for the X Division. Um, but you need time. And honestly, like four people didn't feel like enough. Like maybe it's because of a six-sided ring. Maybe it's because most of the other Ultimate X matches had five or six people in yeah. them. Um, but I, I don't know. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't long enough either. It actually made me feel like those matches that I complained about being too long had gone too long and they decided to cut the time here, which um, is stupid. Yeah. It's very, yeah, but I only stupid. gave it two beers. This is an overwhelming record because I also gave it two beers that I'm not, I mean, we have like our notes, we can just figure this out, but like we're four matches deep. So we're over, we're literally halfway through this card. And we have literally rated all of these matches the exact same. Let's see if we can keep it going. There's a decent little Loki promo in the back. Not great, but he's never really been a stick man, if you will. Um, so it was what it was. 
There was a cool promo for Jerry Lynn and RVD. I really appreciated that. That was one of my favorite aspects of ECW. I would argue that Lynn and RVD is the main feud that made RVD get the level of attention that he got becoming Mr. Monday night and like starting to have those matches on raw. It was because of the matches that he had with Jerry Lynn, in my opinion, a lot of people say it was Sabu. I disagree. I think that Sabu has always had botches and all literally any match he's ever been in ever. And somehow is still beloved as like this amazing wrestler when he's, I, I don't get it, but either way, Jerry Lynn versus RVD has always been great. And sometimes when you go back and you watch like, like those matches from 96, 97 ECW, or, and, or like if you're watching like, like, you know, wrestlers from the WWF in like the the 90s. And then you'll see like Kevin Nash come back and wrestle CM Punk in 2011. It's like, oh, in my mind, it's like this is going to be so good. But then it sucks because it's not they're not where they were. Right. So I was like kind of nervous going into watching this because I was like, well, I love 97 RVD and Jerry Lynn. And this is 2011, bro. Like this is, you know, this is a, a well over 10 years past this. Like and I got to say. This defied my expectations. I, I I mean, it was an excellent match. Both dudes looked like they were in their prime. It was absolutely incredible to me. Um, up until this point, it was match of the night. And it, I will tell you this, it only got edged out by a half a beer. Cause, and I gave this match five beers. I love Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam here. I thought it was phenomenal. I, I would argue, I would honestly put this match up against any of their ECW matches as well. I thought it was that good. They, they looked, they were sharp. They didn't look like they were winded. They both looked like they were in their prime. I absolutely loved it. What did you think about Jerry Lynn versus RVD here? Literally right before we started this, uh, I was watching the match again and they fucking they do so much innovative shit like some stuff yeah. I'd never seen them do before at that point in their careers and yeah. they're busting out this shit like this is my match of the night if you want to go back and watch one definitely go watch this shit like they pull out all the classics doing new shit RVD gets busted open it gets real intense the crowds fucking into it new effing show whole effing show I mean crazy and jerry lynn and apparently uh, jeremy borash used to be roommates they he said that on commentary <laughs> he goes yeah me and jerry right. lynn were roommates for a long time in minnesota and i was like well that's, right. fuck it. that's that. random yeah. as shit but i forgot you told dude, me that yeah <laughs> but i went 4.75 beers for this match so it was all i we finally disagreed on the but it's a quarter of a beer exactly yeah. A quarter of a beer. I get five solid beers. I thought it was great, man. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I really actually thought that what I, I think what I liked the most about it, too, is that it almost felt like because Jerry Lynn was such a TNA original guy that like it almost felt like for the first time in their rivalry, Jerry Lynn was like the true baby face. And like, you know, Rob Van Dam was getting like those Rob Van Dam champs because he's Rob Van Dam. But like, yeah. Still, like I felt like the crowd was mostly behind oh. Jerry Lynn. I love to see it. Jerry Lynn was definitely playing the babyface role yeah. in the match. And they and were was, chanting Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. As soon as he came out of yeah. the ring, it was huge Jerry chance. They were in it. I thought it was great. I thought it was great, man. But let's keep it rolling here. Let's keep it rolling through this card. There is a butt-ass babyface fresh Jack Evans with his promo oh, in God. the back. Yeah. And that poor kid should have not had the mic at this point in his career at all. Uh, but let's get to the match. It's Austin Aries versus Zima Ion versus Loki versus Jack Evans. The winner gets a TNA contract. 
I mean, the match was good. It wasn't a lot of psychology, mostly high spots. And I got to say, Aries looked the best in this one. It, he looked like the best guy. He should have won the match. It made sense to me. Um, so I gave it three beers. I was dead in the middle on it. What do you think about this TNA contract match? I liked it just a little bit more than you. And I thought it was like just cl- a classic X Division style match. Just breakneck pace. Them just doing cra- just fucking crazy move after crazy move after crazy move. Which I know there's not really any psychology to that. But sometimes I like to watch matches like that. And it's just fun to see that sometimes. <laughs> that fucking Loki. I mean, it's cool to see Loki kicking the shit out of people still in this match. And that nice brain buster from Austin Aries. I enjoyed it. Four beers. We even got a chant of like beers, sign, wow. sign everybody. There was a sign everybody chant. Sign everybody. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Because it was just. I mean, they were all just fucking. I, and, I, and they did actually. They literally signed all of them back. Actually, no, I don't think they signed Loki, but they definitely did sign Zima Ion. They, I don't uh, think they signed Jack Evans, did they? This is the only no, time I can remember him being in sign, TNA. I think so. They signed Aries and Zima Ion, but yeah. Either way, um, so the next Dude. match on the card here. Let's keep it going. It's Abyss in the back with a promo on Brian Kendrick. Um, so I love Brian Kendrick. I liked the whole Captain Hook Brian Kendrick when he came back right after the Cruiserweight Classic. I thought that those first couple months of 205 Live were great with him kind of at the helm. No pun intended. Um, I thought that he was a really good asset. I thought I think that he's been kind of underrated. I remember the TNA days in the Asylum in Nashville and him having mm-hmm. matches there and him being incredibly good. Um, and I always felt like he never really got a fair shake. Like, I felt like if he was put in the right situation, he could have been the guy. Um, but I think I was just wrong because <laughs> this match was a disappointment to me, for sure. Um, it was just too much gaga. And maybe maybe, the, maybe the office felt like they were into Brian Kendrick and they were like, well, can he wrestle like a main event style match? Like, this is very much W. This is the only thing on the show that felt very WWE. Not only that, but like 2011 style WWE, like very, very overbooked, overcrowded. Uh, But I will say the crowd ate it up. The crowd there loved the match. Like I just wasn't into it, but I got to give it like, I mean, the crowd was literally hot as hell for this match. I mean, they were losing their minds. Brian Kendrick was over at this moment in this building. And I got to give it three beers because I mean, I was like, I don't I don't like this, but the crowd was literally losing their shit. And it was what it was. Three beers for me. What do you think about Abyss versus Brian Kendrick here? I only gave it two beers just because there was so much, like you said, gaga, extra bullshit going on on the outside, yeah. like interference. And yeah. like you said, it was booked. It had that fucking Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff stank yes. all over it. Yeah. It did not flow like any of these other matches. Like you said, the style was completely yeah. different. I could do I something mean, with that Kendrick kid, brother. You I know, it's, it's the X Division. You're, the X Division is not, like, just the mid-card title. It's a fucking, right. like, it's a yeah. whole X-step style of wrestling, and this was not booked like an X Division match. It was just... No, yeah. And I like Brian Kendrick, and um, Abyss is all right, I guess. But, like, I've always been I've always been a fan of Brian Kendrick, even back with Paul, Lund- Paul London, the, oh, yeah. the, the tag team champions, sure. and oh, I've always been a fan of him his whole career, so... Ain't no fault to Brian Kendrick. He just that that's the way they booked it and that's the way they wanted him to work it. But yeah, two beers for me, too much extra bullshit. Too much extra bullshit. Well, let's get on here to the main event. It's a nice cool package of nostalgia that they've been putting in throughout the show, but we get a big production for AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels. Um and I, listen, I know they had a lot to live up to because they'd wrestled a lot. 
Um, but I thought the match was incredible. I mean, I don't think you could ask for much more than what they gave. Like, I mean, they felt the pressure. They knew that they had to outdo themselves. And I think that they did. It was great wrestling without having to lean too gimmick heavy. Like, cause at this point they're both baby faces. They're both friends. They're in a fortune, like little faction together there. And it's like, it was, they both worked the match without having to, either quote-unquote pour on heat or quote-unquote get shine. Like, this is... If you're going to have two great baby faces, like, this is the way to do it. Like, I mean, if you're going to have two good baby faces go against each other and have them both end as baby faces, this is the way to do it. Great selling on both sides. Lots of space between the spots. Like, a lot... Great psychology, too, man. I loved it. I thought it was great. I gave it five and a half beers. Um, not quite the six, but I give it five and a half beers. Love Daniels versus AJ Styles. What do you think, man? I really enjoyed it, and I rated it higher than my match of the night just because it was undeniable. Come on now. The Fallen Angel, the phenomenal yeah. one. I gave it five beers. Wow. Just a nice. little bit higher rating than that other match. And, dude, every, like I can't, ag- can't agree more with all the things you said. Like so many like great spots like the selling was great and the whole thing like you set up they set up like the whole respect match like this is that like we got a final like see who's the who's the better man without it being you know without like without it turning into a heel or like without them one playing into yeah. that heel role they still worked like baby face the whole match and hit all the classics AJ I mean AJ Styles was like this I think this was like prime AJ Styles he was oh for sure he was well I mean, I mean I don't know I'd say probably 2014 I would say I I, IWGP AJ Styles was probably he, a little I bit better like, than this. But I don't know. I feel like he was doing – he was more, still more rounded. I don't know. He was really good at this point. And yeah, you, this is – and Matt, I feel like – and this is when he really started developing more of the style that he does now. And he's – this is when he started wearing the same style gear that he still wears now. Yeah, that's true. It's that's like true. just around that era that he started. Yeah. Like same thing we said John Cena. This is when Cena and Styles became like their – Best versions of themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I will say that, like, it's tough. Like, this, I mean, Jesse was a good booker here. That These these two shows um, delivered on both sides. I think, to me, though, the angle of arguably the year, if not the past five or six years, is going to be that CM Punk. It's going to be that CM Punk one. You know what I mean? Not just in 2011, but... I think up until CM Punk pretty much quit the business, that angle was the hottest thing that had happened to the WWE in a long, long time. So to me, I got to give the edge overall to Money in the Bank 2011, but I'd say it's probably by a beer, maybe by a beer and a half at most. Where are you at on it? I think, compared to my ratings, I think that TNA Destination X takes mine just by an ass hair. Wow. Wow. Just by an ass hair. And I think... I think what did it was that Kelly Kelly uh, oh, Rebella yeah. match because it was a yeah. half a beer. Yeah, that's fair. All the, I mean, all the other ones I could – my lowest rated was a two beer on the other one. So. That's fair. That's fair. But I gave a six beer match to Yeah, you did give a six beer match. Cena, so and like, I gotta, when you give a six pack, that's pretty much the tipping point. And the fact that there's more matches on TNA. So there's that's true. Kind of that's that true. That is true. So, so with, with an average – but I'm still gonna that ass hair because my the if even if I take only say if I even yeah, even if I average it out though say I combine the two two beer like yeah even if I average it out it's still that ass hair over for TNA for me so we're gonna agree to disagree today 
All right. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Let's let's just keep it rolling here. Let's keep it rolling. That's going to conclude this K-Fib comparison. It's a split decision, boys and girls. Mr. Know-it-all is going to have to the bank. He'll have to be the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'll have next to have him week, about he'll, it. Next week, he will yeah. be the official tiebreaker. Yeah, okay, so that, yeah, that's right. Tune in next week to find out who actually won this kayfabe comparison before we bring you a next one. But either way, I will say that my personal choice is definitely winning the bank. Wex is going with Destination X. But now, we're going to get to the good stuff, some current stuff. What I am now calling on the show, the news and notes of kayfabe comparisons. So, Mr. Wex breaking the law. So, what do we have on the docket? I do know if you know what I'm just going to go ahead and just kick this thing off. I know we're I, might I, be about a, about a couple days late here, a couple days late. But I know that Vince McMahon went to the Performance Center with the quote unquote heavy hitters, uh, and there's going to be a lot more changes coming, more main roster cuts, more people being called up. Um, I know we talked about this in the last show, but it seems. Like, they're also letting producers like Mr. Sanjay Dutt just go free and go to wherever they want to go. They're also AEW. seeming to let... Yeah, they're all... Yes, he's already there now already. Yeah. So it does also seem that the competitors are going to be let out of their non-compete clause, which is crazy to me. Do you think... Okay, this is my question for you, Wex. This is my question for you. Deep down, do you think that Vince wants a real, like, a, a true competition again? Maybe he does. Maybe he knows it'll light a fire under his ass and make him start making better shit. But yeah. he's getting really old, so I really don't know if he even knows I, what's I going know. on. Period. I think he's immortal, so it should wouldn't. I won't matter. Yeah, he does do inhuman shit. He like doesn't. He just eats like protein bars and steak yeah. and like doesn't sleep. Yeah, pretty much all the time. Yeah, and he pisses excellence. What else we got on the docket, though? What else is going on in the oh, news? Oh, uh, breaking news. Uh, our favorite uh, repeat DUI offender, Jimmy Uso, just got himself another Dewey today. And WWE is wow. not happy. They are very upset about it. And uh, a decision is going to be made on the DUI reportedly soon. I don't think uh, he's – let's see if there's any, been any update because the last I checked, there had been no update of what he's what not getting fired. It's not do. happening. They're gonna. I mean, they might do it like a rehab, uh, like go to rehab or get fired. He blew a point two oh five. Like okay, so to me, there's so much innuendo there. <laughs> like when I saw that, I thought it was like the Onion headline. Like he blew two oh five. Like okay, uh, uh, as they're it. literally trying to eliminate the two oh five live brand, like. I thought it was – I legit thought that that tweet was like, that's mean. Like, the guy's got another DUI. You shouldn't make jokes about it so soon. But, no, he legitimately – you can't – like, that's not even wrestling. That's not – Vince Russo couldn't write this shit. He yeah. blew a 205. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's hilarious. They're going to relegate him to 205 live now because he blew a 205. I think that, they're, I think that they are probably going to do a mandatory you got to go to rehab or – Go to TNA. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like, because I don't even think AEW would take just one well, Uso at this point, yeah. honestly. Pull a Kurt Angle, just go to TNA and stay on drugs. Yeah, or Jeff uh, Hardy, or yeah. literally anyone else that is it. Ba- there's some uh, some other bad news. Uh, Terry Funk had to get put in a home because he's suffering from dementia. Mm, mm. Yeah, I did hear about that. I mean, there's only so many death matches you can go through. There's also only so many... Uh, you know, steel chairs you could be hit with and also be... Well, how, is he, how old is he now? 80, 80 something? Yeah, he's he's getting up there, dude. He's old as shit. I mean, t- and 
If you guys remember, if you guys listened last week, Terry Funk was the answer that I gave on the final question to win the Kayfabe Comparisons Trivia Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not yet 80. He's 77 years old. Okay. Okay, let's see if there's any... uh... No, there's some more uh, news on here. Well, there's a big one here. There's a big one that you're leaving out, so I'm just going to go ahead and give you the finish. Here. Okay, pull, pull it off. Pull it this out. Selena Vega officially made her return yeah. to SmackDown. How weird is it that they hired her back, but we still haven't heard shit from Aleister Black? I honestly feel like they're probably going to hire him back, too. I feel like we are in a situation where, like, the office is... Like, also, I think Tyler Breeze is getting his job back. Like, there's certain guys that I think are, like... They're just waiting until they can start getting revenue from like the live touring. Because Tyler Breeze is still Tyler Breeze on everything. He's still doing all these up, up, down, down videos. They're still calling him Prince Pretty. They're still calling it. You know, I mean, well, it's, it's well, maybe he got fired from his wrestling contract, but maybe he has another contract for like YouTube or something, production or something like that. Yeah, and maybe. Oh no 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 no. He's not. He's. Not, I mean, he doesn't have a contract for the YouTube channel. He talked about that on his Twitch stream. That was the mark that decided. Because I honestly, oh, he brought have, his Twitch stream back though. He did yeah, bring that yes, back. Yes, he did. He did. He did. I, and I've, listen, I've always thought, like, since the early NXT days, I think Tyler Breeze should have never, like, she, maybe should have been in a tag team with Fandango for a little bit, like. No, to but get I, the lo- I loved just like you. I loved OGs. Dude, Tyler Breeze from ridiculous. NXT. He's a fantastic wrestler. There's yeah. no reason for, like, honestly, like, I would love him to just be Matt Clement and come to, like, AEW and just be the guy, like, because he yeah. can still work. Like, story that I did read today is that Bailey apparently has been really upset that he did get fired because he, he'd been, like, helping her train and a bunch of the other girls train and work on their shit, including Eva Marie, who had just returned. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know if that's breaking news. And she's now tag teaming with the former Piper Niven from NXT. And now she's called Dewdrop. Right. Oh, yeah. Dewdrop. How does that even work? Like. What what is going on with that? Well, first of all, she's she you you have already pushed her as Piper Niven, like in your brand, like. You can't, I don't know. No, WWE main roster acts like NXT doesn't exist from the main, like, continuity. Like, because they, you know, they just like, oh, you know how they do. They'll just change someone's name and everything yeah. when they come to the main roster. Like, they act like that doesn't exist. You know, if you're an NXT and you have two names, you're going to lose your first name when you get called up at some point. <laughs> They're yeah, going to take true. that motherfucker away because Vince is like, nope, I didn't create that, but I made this up. Antonio Cesaro, Biggie Langston. He lost his last name, but yeah. uh, Alexander Rusev, Adrian Neville, Adrian Neville, yeah. uh, Matt Riddle lost his for a little bit, and they gave it back to yeah. him. Thank God, that was so stupid. There's probably more we're missing out here, but there's got to be more. I'm sure there's more, but who cares? Yeah. What does it matter? What else we got on the docket, man? Anything else in the news and notes? It's been yeah. kind of a, it honestly has been kind of a slow week. Uh, crazy Drake, Matt, uh, Drake Wirtz, Drake Younger is supposed to be starting a podcast soon. I don't know what that's going to be all about. Ooh, it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be about QAnon. I'm sure it's going to be about how there's lizard people in the White House. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a, a real life Lord of the Rings style fantasy set in a post-apocalyptic utopian time that he believes that we currently live in because he's a crazy person. Um, yeah. yeah. 
The yeah, only other news honestly, is that uh, shit. Only other news I can think of is that Raw sucked last night. I watched some like little highlights from it. I tried. I tried. I was like, you know terrible. what? I was home. I was home. I was like lobster red from being out on the lake on the Fourth of July way too long, and so I was at home and I was just chilling, and I was like, you know what? I'm here. It's seven o'clock. I don't think I've watched Raw live in a long time. I'm gonna turn it on. I got through like less than ten minutes, and I was like, okay. Like I, God, like, first of all, why are we still in the Thunderdome? Like, why did it take you this long to get fans back? Or even like, they're ne- like I think next week they're going to have fans, but see, AW has been ahead of the curve. Yeah. But okay. This is what I'm saying is the 17th is when they go back on the road, right? Like that's when they go back on the road, but they've had, they've had residency at this Tropicana center in Orlando where they're doing the Thunderdome mm-hmm. for, for like for months and months. So they could have just, they could have easily. Like you're already running the Thunderdome, or did, or did like a minimal amount of fans, like AEW started. No, not even doing. that, dude. Not, like, why? Like, it's it's an arena. Do you honestly think that people in Orlando wouldn't show up for WWE live events again for like three or four weeks in a row? Yeah, because they go- absolutely would. Like, they were going to Orlando Magic and other kind of games. Exactly. And shit. It's like, dude, why, 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 why? Like, are you still trying to show off that you have this? Like, we're all trying to forget it. Like, hey, kudos to you. I get that. Like. It's great that you invented the Thunderdome for a really awkward time, but like we all just want to forget about that shit. So the like when I when I see a wrestling show now without fans, I'm like, oh yeah, that was from last year's shit world. <laughs> I got something. Uh next weekend will be Slammiversary Impact, and they're gonna have fans, and they are. me and old Jesse Baker are probably going to be work help like you know working that event helping set up some shit and helping set up the nice. destination x thing oh nice the ultimate very x cool. match the ultimate x thing very cool so i don't know if we're gonna like get free tickets and be able to like just watch the pay-per-view if we're gonna help set up probably i would assume so and i'm sure they would want as many fans in the crowd as possible yeah yeah so yeah. if even if they let put me in the back i'll get hype trust me i'm, I'm a mark for that. I'm, I'm a mark and a fan first always I will go ahead and, and say that if if they get in, we'll, we'll do a little. Uh, I'll you know I'll make sure they're on the on the Twitter on the Kfabe.com Twitter, and if we can get a few little live videos in there, we'll do what we can. Uh, oh, anniversary! Yeah. It's gonna be hype. I'm excited about it. Let's talk about what we got coming up on the docket here as we wrap this one up. I know it's a short one, guys, but it is what it is. It's been the holiday weekend. Jesse's at work. Uh, and yeah, it's a 10 year comparison, man. It's been a slow news week. What do you want from us guys? What do you want from us? We're not Dave Meltzer. We don't just make shit up on this podcast. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, we don't just make stories and just be like, yeah, <laughs> she was, uh, dating my dad. Like, no, nothing like that. <laughs> All right. Well, next week is going to be awesome though. Next week we have WCW's great American bash from 1991, a solid year from w- for WCW for sure against WWF Invasion 2001, probably the best pay-per-view of that year. Um, I actually know that one by heart. I do King know the rank 2001. Uh, I said one of the best. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. One of the best. But I will say the Rob Van Dam Jeff Hardy match from that show specifically is phenomenal. Be sure to check it out. It's incredible. Uh, and then two weeks from now we do have Slammiversary versus Extreme Rule. Or I guess it's Money in the Bank now, isn't it? Money in the Bank 2021. Yes, which um, I don't know. Jesse's apparently going to be working. I don't know how he's going to do the podcast that week because he's supposed to be working that night for TNA, like working some TNA shit that night for TV. Well, we will I see what about it. 
If I ha- if I have to do it by my damn self, I will. Because oh, I'll be. I'm not because I gotta work. Because I told him I can only do the weekend days. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm 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 there with you on that. That Tuesday. Well, then it looks like you and I might be covering Slammiversary 2021 versus Money in the Bank from 2021. I always love doing like two current shows from two opposing companies. I'm not saying that Impact and WWE are on the same level, but it will be cool because by this time. We're gonna have live crowds, right? I mean, it's gonna we're gonna yes. have. I mean, so for it's it'll and be and we're gonna have Kenny to a Kenny Omega match going up against a W because you know Kenny Omega still the Impact World Champion. We're gonna have some big shit. Yes, he, he is. I'm very excited to see that. And we're probably gonna get some returns, some former WWE people popping up. I think it's so. It's gonna as be well. a big night. It's gonna be a big deal. I believe so as well. I think it's gonna be nice and tasty. Um, you know what? I've had a great time here. You can always find bonus content at patreon.com slash kayfabe comparisons. I will also make sure to have the full video version of last week's show, the trivia show. If you get a chance, it's less than an hour. Watch it. I guarantee you will be entertained. It was super fun to do. The KG cast is quite the host, and he, had, he was using a Kinect from an Xbox 360 the uh, zoom-ins are sick. So the zoom-ins, when he like looks down and says something stupid, are literally comedic gold. Um, I will make sure that you guys can see that. And that's, that's a little taste of what you see every single week at our Patreon. We probably have the cheapest Patreon in wrestling podcasts. It's five bucks a month total. Just hop on there, man. We have a great time. You can always find the show at kfabe.com on all its socials, except for TikTok, where we do our match of the week every week. It's at kfabe.com.pod. It's only at kfabe.com.pod because Wex is an asshole. By the way, Wex, tell them where to find you, bro. You can find your boy Wex Breaking the Lawson at Wex Breaking the Lawson over there on Instagram and on YouTube. And uh, that's pretty much it. And Twitter, it's Wex Breaking The because I couldn't fit Lawson. And y'all know what it is. Oh, I love it. I love it. You can always find me personally at Daniel Daybreak. I am on at Daniel Daybreak everywhere. And by the way, I just got a brand new Xbox Series X. If you feel like testing these hands, you can always come hit me up and follow. I I play Call of Duty. I play Halo. I play probably every sports game that you like. And I'm pretty good at video games, honestly. Well, I'm not as good as Daniel at sports video games because he's uh, whooped my ass in some, and I've seen golf definitely. Just, just I'm rate, not bad. I'm not bad. Me we in can, the golf. Dude, let's so, play some NHL. Let's play some Madden. But let's yeah, play some I play MLB all the show. I am also play? on Xbox. I got the Series S. I didn't go for the X. I, I didn't. I didn't go that high. But I mean, it's still still next gen. We still next gen up here. But I'm Wexley six 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 on Xbox. That's been my uh, name on Xbox but since three sixty. How classy and original, Wex. You're so original. You're so defiant. You're such a rebel with that 666. Well, and, I'm a, you know, and I can say it's because I'm a fan of Triple Six Mafia and Three, many, many things. Many Let's things. go. Let's go. That's well, let's play some Madden, though. I'll fuck you up on some Madden. Bro, I, I will take your lunch money any day. Maybe we should stream that. Maybe we should just get that on there. Okay. We do also, we're actually, we're getting close to the uh, the beginning of the preseason, or at least, like, the beginning of the actual, like, off-season time, like, you know, the training camps and everything. Oh, but we yeah. definitely got to have a brand new, you know, Daybreak in the Lawsons. We're going to have to get on there to throw it back up on the Patreon. Also, I think we maybe we should put it on our YouTube channel as well yeah. because it's nice to spread out into the real sports world. We got to start talking about that a little more. If you're interested in that, we might actually even have another channel to subscribe to just for like football content because definitely once football starts, we will be talking about that significantly more. 
But I promise you. Oh, we do love some cruise ball. I promise you, KFA comparisons will stay the same. We'll always have awesome wrestling content coming to you every week. That's going to do it for us. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.